0: So the verses uh, this morning, actually it's just two little sections, taking it pretty easy on you guys for the new year. It's numbers 9 15 through 23. And then John 129 through 34. To so start out in Numbers 9 15 through 23. I'm actually, calling this Following the Cloud is the name of today's sermon. Now, on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, and in the evening it was like an appearance of a fire of the tabernacle until morning. So it was continuously. The cloud would cover it by day in appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, after the sons of Israel then set out and in the place where the cloud settled down, there the sons of Israel would camp. At the command of the Lord, the sons of Israel would set out and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud settled over the tabernacle, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the sons of Israel would keep the Lord's charge and not set out. If sometimes the cloud remained a few days over the tabernacle, according to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. Then according to the command of the Lord, they set out. If sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning, when the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would move out. Or if it remained in the daytime and at night, whenever the cloud was lifted, they would set out. Whether it was two days or a month or a year that the cloud lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it, the sons of Israel remained camped And did not set out. But it was lifted, they did set out. At the command of the Lord, they camped. And at the command of the Lord, they set out. They kept the Lord's charge according to the command of the Lord through Moses. There's very few times that we can see in the Old Testament where you see. Obedience through this series of time. They really struggled with obedience. But in this section, you clearly see they're doing exactly what God has asked them to do. And, and that cloud is the presence of the Lord. And the tabernacle is, is, a, is a place of worship for the um, Levitical priesthood. It is a, is a space that helps the, the God um, present an atoning sacrifice for sin that doesn't take sin away, it can't clear the conscience of the priests that are performing these ceremonies, but it can cover the sin of an individual. So it's as though the the sin remains in the consciousness of the individuals, but they knew that their sin was covered. Um, Sin wasn't fully taken away until Christ came, and His atoning blood took sin completely away out of our life. The condition of sin and also the sin that's over our lives. The one thing that I want to focus on this this morning is I wanted to notice there in verse 22. I'll just read it again. It says, Whether it was two days or a month or a year that the cloud lingered over the tabernacle and staying above it, the sons of Israel remained camped and did not set out. But when it was lifted, they did set out. One thing I noticed is whenever the, the God moved, they moved. They didn't say, hey, um... Jesus or God, can I can I pencil you in for like next Tuesday? Can we schedule? It's just not a good week to do this. Um, can we can we do this maybe next week? They didn't do that. They just where God was, they were where when God moved, they moved. Um, for Ashley and I, I look at this. The scripture the Lord brought me to that this week, and I went back to like the big mistakes of my life. Right, it's like you know I. Um, we, were, we were at another church, and I had found the love of Christ in this church, and so I was pretty planted firmly where I was, and we were involved in all sorts of ministries, and it was abundantly clear that after a duration of time, God was kind of calling us out of, of there. Not in a negative way, it was just shifting. He was just moving. But because I was immature and I didn't want to go, um, there was a lot of damage that had happened through that. You can stay too long just as much as you can leave too early. Um, you, you allow the Lord to move through these seasons of life, and people get to grow in these seasons of life. But I, because of my, my immaturity, we, we had a lot of problems, and later on we had to go back and we had to make some things right. God God redeems everything, right? Nothing is left behind to the Lord. Um, you say that like timing is everything, but to the Lord, obedience is everything, right? So as we roll into a new year um, I think it's a it's a very good time the culture is very much into doing um, what do they call that a New year's revolution resolution. oh resolution yeah the I, I have a resolution never do a resolution and that's my resolution but um, it's it's a good time to reflect and say like hey look what's what's God want to do um, take take a look and say hey look what what are the goals and the things that God has for us maybe this year, this, something that this week? What are, what are the things that the Lord is planning to do as a church, as a congregation in this space? Um, to take things a little bit further from Old Testament to New Testament, I think we all know that Jesus is like the poster child for obedience, right? He's like the gold standard of, of following the Father's voice. And so to kind of step out a little bit further, we're gonna go to John the Baptist, some things that he is saying and who Jesus is in John 1, 29 through 34. And I'll share with you some of the things that the Lord had given me through the years with this. It's kind of, kind of interesting. It says this: John the Baptist, it says that starting in verse 29, it says, The next day he saw Jesus coming to him. And that's John the Baptist, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, this is he who on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has higher rank than I, or he exists before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testifying, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove, out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he who upon him, who baptizes in the Holy Spirit, I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. So, John the Baptist watches this thing. If you you read through some of the Old Testament scriptures, Deuteronomy 28 actually talks about the blessings of obedience it says the heavens are open it's it's all this this imagery is actually what Christ is experiencing because it says the heavens are open Jesus is baptized into his ministry the Christ is come and he's, he's set to, to set out a gospel and, and um, make everything right and we see this Holy Spirit descend on Jesus now Bill Johnson when when I heard him go through this verse many years ago I just thought it was really fascinating he was talking about that dove and like the the nature of of a dove, right, descending on you. And he was just playing with that idea and how timid a dove is. I don't know if you've ever noticed that you come into um, a spot where there's a bunch of doves. They don't normally hang out too much if you are come running and jumping around. You have to be very careful and conscious of what's going on if you're trying to, to get close to, to a dove. So what he was saying is not grieving the Holy Spirit when we're following, or leading, kind of taking it from the cloud is, is the image of the Holy Spirit right? We're following the cloud to the image of this dove that's descended on Jesus. Um, as we're thinking about the Holy Spirit in us and, and being obedient, we would be conscious of of this dove that's on our shoulder, and we would have to think, you know, this, this thing's this dove is sitting on our shoulder, and you know, if, if I jump or I move, it's, it's going to kind of fly off, right? Um, you, you what, is, what does the dog want? What's it want to do? You know, okay, so I feel, so I think, okay, I'm going to move cautiously this way. I'm thinking about what's going on. And we just move and we step in. We listen and we obey. We listen and we obey. That's, that's the, the principle of walking with the Holy Spirit. Is that instead of me thinking about all the things that I need to do on my agenda, we're thinking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's agenda. We're being Holy Spirit Conscience. Um, One of the things that had happened in the last three years through this STEP program, they introduced me to this thing called the Missional Project, and I don't know, I might have driven Art and Show crazy with this because I've talked about it at every committee meeting and I couldn't figure anything out. Um, and it was like, man, God, what are you doing? You know, It's kind of a big deal. It's like part of the huge grade that we have. We have to do this missional project. And I don't want to just do a missional project. They're like, pray about it and allow the Lord to develop what's going on. You know, it's not what you want to do. It's what God wants to do. I'm like, you're not giving me anything, God. Like, I'm, going through, I'm bouncing around like a chicken with my head cut off, not being very patient. I don't know if you noticed, I, I struggle with patience. Um, but as we went through... Um, I started noticing God was starting to bring some things into focus, like giving me some things, and I didn't have the full picture, but I, I kind of got an idea or a glimpse, and one of the things was um, when Bishop Allen came up and he gave his Discovery Bible study, right? And he said, hey, well, this is something the LMC's doing. It's a tool that we use of just listening to God and and pursuing life change. And we've been doing that since what, October 16th I think is what I had here on my little timeline and so we, we introduced this to Ashley we talked about it, we, we do this in Sunday school and, and I think it's it served us really well as far as reflecting and then um, guiding and directing you know, our I will statement of like what, what is God doing and changing how is he, how's he changing us and so in the beginning of this just to kind of put in context the little pieces and parts that are floating around Ashley starts attending over at the library. Uh, there's a homeschool group, and there's also a like a story time over at the library. And she's hanging out there, and she's getting to know some parents. She's getting to know uh, the librarian and stuff. And we're also doing this this Bible study here, or this Discovery Bible study. And Aubriana starts. Volunteering over there, and she starts hanging out with the librarian as well. And so these things kind of just are just floating around. They're just like out there. And then um, as Ashley starts really pushing in there, um, she finds out that hey, look, this librarian's going to be off. She has to get some hip surgery done in a month. I think it might be like in a couple of weeks. So we want to keep her in prayer. But she asked Ashley if she could step in and help with the the library in. Um, do the homeschool group, and then also the story time. In the middle of that, she said, you know, it's, you also have a rentable space, Rick. We just find out that there's this rentable space. It's, it's free rent. You just have to put down your time lot, and you can do it like twice a month. You can't do it more than twice a month, but you could rent out this little space they have in front of the library. And Ashley's telling me about it, and I don't pick up on what she really means, but she said, why don't we do like a discovery Bible study? in the space. Why don't we we just kind of open it up? And so I was like, okay, so I really felt like in this moment, instead of like, I mean, I don't know if you guys have done this before. It's like, you have a really good idea. You're like, yeah, well, I can put Jesus' name on it. I can stamp it. I can do it. And then we'll invite the Holy Spirit afterwards to come in on this thing. I really felt like God was orchestrating this thing. And he was like asking us to be a part of it. So it was a little bit different. Um, it kind of felt like I was stepping, stepping, we're stepping in on holy ground here, so to speak, with what the Lord wants to do. And the dangers with that, you have to be careful as you throw expectation up on exactly how everything's going to look. Just trying to give that back to the Lord. What's this going to mean? What are we going to do together collectively for this missional project? At the church or at the the library with the Discovery Bible Study. So there's a lot of pieces and parts, and it might seem a little bit confusing, but um, that's just the part of listening and hearing. We're still allowing the Lord to develop exactly how it looks, timing. We have to ask and figure out the rental of the space. This isn't something that's happening like next week. It's not something, this is something that we're developing and we're figuring out it's going to be like maybe in a month or so. We're going to invite um, everyone to be a part if they want to come and hang out there at the at the library as we do the discovery Bible study. And the, mo- the main goal is just to s- to get people to see that they can hear from God through Scripture. You're just going to read Scripture. You're going to trust that what you're you're reading, the Lord's convicting your heart, and then we're going to see what happens there. Not any motive of like, hey, look, we're trying to build up a congregation here. We we want people to show up and come. We definitely do, but if if they hear the Lord, and they hang out with the Lord, and, and that's all that that is, is they get to hear from Jesus two days a week, and, and we have transformed, I think that that's a huge win. I think that that's a bigger win than I could ever imagine. So as, as I was pushing in on some of these things, the Lord had called into an account um, this word organic evangelism, because there always becomes like a method, Right? And you see, when just to, I'm not trying to prove an argument, but obedience isn't a method. It's like you have to. I have to shut up. That's what I'm telling myself here. I'm not telling you guys to shut up. I'm saying for me, for me, what I have to do is I have to shut off what's going on in my head and all my all, all the things going on in my head. I have to shut up for a second and listen, and then trust what I'm hearing is the Lord's directing, and then be obedient to what the Lord's calling me to do. It's that simple. It's actually too simple because I make things way too complicated. So when it comes to the evangelism piece, I, I, I'm i a part of the step program of, of school and there becomes all these methods of the way that we do stuff. And I think that it's great. It's great to have methods. It's great to see a process. But when I look at the life of Jesus, he didn't read a book. He, he, he just exuded This way of just loving people without an ulterior motive, God help me with just that part, right? Just love people without an ulterior motive. Don't try to recruit anybody. You just love people without an ulterior motive. And that's what Jesus did. And it brought life change. He didn't say, hey, look, we're building this denomination. He said, no, we're building a kingdom. And it's mobile. Like, it's not... It's not like in a specific spot, like it follows me, it's in me. Jesus was like sharing things like, hey, look, there's hell in you, Peter. We need to get the hell out of you, right? You're thinking like Satan. These concepts mention far more about internal change and life change than it ever was about like, eternal hell he was talking about oh no there's a hell and it's live and active right now let's work on that and then that other thing not even going to be concerned about because you got it you have eternal life it's with you so we don't even need to worry about that part because it's it's in you so we're talking about organic evangelism those spots to where jesus will he just comes into our life, and the next thing you know, he's got your attention. And the next thing you know, you're like, okay, well, what are you about, Jesus? And the next thing you know, you're spreading the gospel about Jesus. And we're creating people that just want to be in the image of Christ, and we're moving in the image of, of Christ together, regardless if they come to our denomination, regardless if they come into our church, regardless if they come into our building. We can just, how much how much greater would that be if we, we got outside of the box a little bit and and seen who we had within fellowship. I know that you guys have other people that are in other denominations that are Christians. I mean, wouldn't it be horrible? One of the, the the saddest and scariest visions I ever got was I had a dream that I was up in heaven and Jesus was introducing me to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, he said, this is a problem, Rick. Like, you know, the, the church that's up the street, that... They believe in me. They profess my name. You know that they do. And I have to introduce you because you do this thing that's segregated every single Sunday and you refuse to move out. So I was just kind of like put in my heart, like, man, we got to get out of the the box, so to speak. So when it comes to this missional project, what I'm really asking for as a church is is really a lot of prayer. And I ask you to, to ask yourself and pray. If you what you want to be a part of with it. If you want to come and, and hang out. I know that there's there's so much encouragement that happens right here. You know, you, you guys encourage me so much. There's there's so many people that need this encouragement that we have right here. There's so many people that need to understand that Jesus has flesh and bone. And it's through us. And I think that we can we can provide that for this community. So if um, you guys could walk out with me with some prayer here, and we can get into a good place of agreement. I just, I just thank you, Lord, so much for this church. I just thank you, Lord, for the revelation and helping us through this missional project. This isn't something that we need to do to get a good grade. This is something that you've invited us to. And so I just thank you, Lord, for the doors that are open. I know that you dramatically showed up in a cloud to show us where we needed to be in the past. And that there is a space to where we know that we know that we know that we're moving in your will. And I mean, if you did that in the Old Testament, what do you do with the Holy Spirit that's in us in the New Testament? How powerful is that? And we will have faith and trust and guide and direct and just move forward with what you've called us to do. And we will see life change, we will see people. Um, experience your love. We will be changed ourselves. And we just thank you, Lord, for that. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.